Normless individuals are those that have gone above and beyond in their pursuit. They challenge what is considered the norm. That is what is regularly done. These individuals strive to achieve their goals differently, often changing the way people think and act. Today's guests, Drew Skull and Dylan Thiel, are great examples of being normless. Late in September 2020, Evertac director Drew Skull was spending around 30k Australian dollars every day in running different YouTube and Facebook advertisements. He was making around $110,000 in sales, selling knives and backpacks. Hopes were high to continue growing the brand, but they didn't have the stock available, unfortunately. And Drew ordered around a total of 2.8 million Australian dollars worth of further stock, including $1 million worth of backpacks and a million dollars worth of knives, US dollars, I should say. Now, he was picturing quarter of a million dollar days, Lamborghinis, private jets, and then it happened. Just before those items were expected to, to arrive in the States, the Apple iOS 14 update was released. Now, apps were forced to ask users for permission to track their data. Now, the, the majority of brands and businesses opted out of being tracked, which meant they lost out on YouTube ads virtually overnight. Now, Drew and the team were stuck with $2.8 million worth of inventory. Now, Evertax struggled for the next year to get the campaigns running again. They were paying for 800 pallets worth of items that they couldn't move in the States. Um, and this was all because of that Apple update. But after toiling away and hard work, they landed a big affiliate thanks to the help of Dylan and the team. And they were able to move some stock then and managed to run some more profitable Facebook ads. After years of not having access due to their Shopify store being completely blacklisted in Australia for selling knives and firearms when transitioning the business from the USA to Australia. Drew and Dill, who after many sleepless nights are moving through stock and back on the right track. Their outright stubborn persistence and never say die attitude, coupled with their charitable contributions to the Wounded Heroes organisation, supporting Australian servicemen and women through crisis calls, meals, accommodation, medicine, utilities, and further veteran assistance programs. This is Drew and Dylan's story. Drew, Deal, hey, boys, how are we? Good, how are you? Good, mate, how's it going? Yeah, not too bad. I guess it's early early days in the year, but it's flying by, isn't it? Already February and um, things, are, things are moving fast. How's the start to the year been for you boys? Uh, it's been good, just enjoying the beach basically, getting up the coast as much as possible um, and sort of getting the timeline ready for the year's promotions. Yeah, we got some sun this year, which is great. In the last few years, it's been a bit of a... Hard taskmaster, but um, yeah, yeah, great, great to have you guys on the podcast. So this is our first episode um, for 2023, and um, as many of our listeners have just heard with the intro to you guys, this is going to be a really fascinating story. Um, now, with the Normless podcast, it was built around four of the main pillars. Um, the first one being new and unique philosophies, knowledge of intriguing topics that inform or challenge individuals. 
And pillar three, lessons learnt through tough life experiences and sacrifices and adapting to new structures and achieving reinvention. So I guess today's episode is going to focus mainly around those that third and fourth pillar. So I think what you guys are going to bring today to the listeners is really going to challenge those ideas of you know, reinventing yourselves and um, adapting to your circumstances and scenarios, but also overcoming obstacles and making sacrifices to grow your your brand, which ultimately is is EvaTac. So um, what I'm going to do to, to get things started, just to give the listeners a bit of background about who you guys are and, and a bit about EvaTac as a brand. What, what does it mean and what's it all about? Yeah, for sure. So um, Evertech started in uh, in America uh, about 2016. Um, we started selling in the tactical market, so that's why that's where the tactical part of the the name comes from. So we would sell uh, firearm attachments and knives and hunting equipment and all that sort of gear and hiking and camping gear uh, as well. Um, as we've had to evolve due to rules, regulations, for example, our spring assisted knives aren't legal in Australia and also you can't advertise them on Google or, uh, or Facebook as well. Um, so as we've come over to Australia, we've sort of evolved into the more fitness side of things. Uh, and that's where we've sort of gone down the combat sports road as far as uh, athletes that we sponsor. Yeah, and you said that that combat sports um, type of athlete that you guys are sponsoring. So that includes things like um, in elite performance in in the military, but also sports environments. So things like UFC, um, yeah. and you guys are looking at going into to cross sponsoring some CrossFit athletes as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like that as well as essentially um, that role model as well of like pushing your mind to that next level too. So not just like the combat sports and stuff like that, but as well as like yeah the ICN athletes and um, everything like that, because it's like, it's you versus you at the end of the day. And that's mm. what we're inspired by as well. And yeah, so like on your website, it has EvaTac symbolizes the balance between the tactically minded, but also the athletic culture within fitness. Mm. And I guess we'll, we'll get more towards how you've had to mold the business as you've come from the States over to Australia. And there's some really interesting challenges and stories that have, that have come out of that, um, you know, shake up to your business model. Um, but can you guys give me a bit of a background on how you came? Uh, I know you've got a bit of a background in e-commerce, but over the last decade, tell us a bit about your story. We might start with Drew. Yeah, um, I'll start right at the very start. So when I first tried to start making money online, it was probably about 2005, 2006. Uh, so I started there, I would start with, basically creating websites to try to make money from display ads uh, and display ads are basically Google ads on your website. And if somebody clicks the link on the website, I get a very small part of that. Um, the advertiser pays Google, then Google paid me a small amount. So basically I was two years down the road, I was making these websites. I think one of them was the Nissan skyline.com and the Nissan Sylvia.com. I was riding to my cars um, so I was making approximately about a dollar per week. This is after about two years of hustling online, spending a lot of time doing it. I was doing a dollar per week. Um, and I, I remember one of my very first goals was to try to, uh, so I had my day job over on the south side of Brisbane. Um, and for lunch, I would get 
a chicken from Woolies and basically a six pack of bread rolls from Brumbies and I'd make chicken sandwiches. That's my lunch for the, the whole week. And I'd treat myself every now and then with a Subway. So my goal was to make enough money online to get one Subway six inch sub each week. It's, a, it's only a small Pretty goal, small isn't goal. it? But when you think about it, like uh, everyone's starting off from the grassroots, like you've got to start somewhere, hey? So Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I set, I set really extremely cool. small goals, but they were achievable. So I, I hit that goal of getting the subway and I just remember sitting there eating it, just thinking, holy crap, this is a, a free subway every week for the rest of my life. I was literally over the moon. I thought I was... I thought I was a quad billionaire. Yeah, I thought I'd done it. It's all relative, um, isn't and, it? And then yeah. next goal, because I had to drive over the Gateway uh, Bridge every day, and the tolls were like, I think, $2 a day. So this was, yeah, way back where you had to throw the coins into the basket where the fives and 10 cent pieces would get stuck to your thumb and roll under the car. <laughs> so I've done that. I've done that a few times as well. I had to crawl under the car looking for the 10 cent piece. Um, but anyway, my next goal was to make enough money to pay for tolls to get to my day job each week um, and slowly scaled up. The next goal after that was to pay for fuel for my, I think it was like a 1989 Dahatsu charade. Um, so all these very small goals and I hit those goals and slowly scaled up the business that way. Uh, that was like way, way, when I very first started from zero, $0 in my account, like a debt with cars, essentially like a 20 grand debt on a car that didn't run. Um, that's why I was driving this old charade around. Um, so yeah, it started there slowly building these websites and then I got into eBooks. Um, so I sort of leveled up a bit from eBooks and I started, um, on ClickBank getting affiliates to promote all these various eBooks from organic gardening to self-reliance, self-defense and all these weird niches, like how to grow grapes, um, woodworking, there's aquaponics, which is like growing your vegetables in like a fish pond thing. <laughs> all these really, really unusual niches I went through. And as I went through these niches, I started to scale up the business and um, I was doing enough money at that point. This is probably five years down the line from when I very first started online. Um, was making enough to be able to finally quit my day job. Um, so I worked for myself for about 10 years at that point, uh, just working from home. Um, I did actually take a two-year break which I don't know if that was a good or bad thing or not. So I literally didn't work for two years and I was doing the, uh, on Had a bit you know, of fun, hey? yeah, yeah, smoking weed Getting stoned <laughs> basically every weekend playing COD. So playing Call of Duty non, nonstop. Um, so I did that for a couple of years. Um, and then I slowly got back into it again, did a few more eBooks. And then eventually I ended up doing, I ended up promoting, um, somebody's product as an affiliate on Instagram. So I was, pushing these credit card knives, which is it's like a credit card shaped thing and it folds out into this little knife. So I was an affiliate uh, pushing uh, a product where I got a commission. And then I thought, um, why don't I just start making my own products? So I connected with some people in China uh, and then started, I guess, started making my own products and eventually started branding them as Evertech. And that would have been in 2016, I started branding them as Evertech. Uh, and then that was probably probably only last year really that came to Australia in 2021. Um, I guess Black Friday last year was the first real push uh, for the brand in Australia. Um, and that brings us to that to today where the brand is in America doing pretty consistent numbers uh, and then we're just kickstarting in Australia now. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting and I guess – Gives you a big picture, you know, we, we, we look a lot at Instagram and Facebook and all the social media platforms these days and it really is, 
you know, everyone's highlight reel. We see all the good parts. You see the cars, you know, the the houses, you know, the the partners, and you know, out in on beautiful holidays in the in the Bahamas or on a coastal paradise. Yeah. We don't see we don't see you know that 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 subway where you're grinding away just to make that buy yeah. that subway and and set those really small micro goals and you know building up to that there. that we I don't see that of, um, so a lot of memes and that sort of thing like uh, motivational memes it's always like think big and set massive goals all this sort of thing I sort of completely went the opposite I said tiny really really achievable goals um, and then just sort of kept doing that yeah. I didn't think big for one moment I didn't think I'd be doing the sort of numbers that we'd done ever like it wasn't even a thought process at all i just wanted a subway once a week (laughs) (laughs) mate i want a subway now as well (laughs) (laughs) and it's not it's not your general thinking either to kind of think oh how can i automate this or how can i make like residual income so then it can be easier like it's that is that like like that one percent thinking on the outskirts as well it's like not every day someone goes how can i make tolls free how can i make subway like a treat like it's yeah rare yeah I, I didn't think about the money i didn't think about the money at all it was just like trying to get little tiny things free mm-hmm. like the toll or the fuel and just these tiny little goals even like you know if you, you want to pay for your gym membership your free gym for the rest of your yeah. life you just have to make 20 bucks a week that sort of thing yeah. and that's and it almost gives you that opportunity yeah. to set up your systems you know if you're a, a, a personal trainer or a, you know practitioner and you've got your first client you know you you work out well you know how you drew them in through your marketing or whatnot you know how you're going to set up your systems and grow your business so i think it's a really good lesson for for anyone out there that's trying to to grow their brand or, or build a business yeah, we might sure. we might jump on to a deal now did you want to give us a bit of a rundown in your your backstory as to where you how you got here now yeah yeah uh, for sure. So, so you're the you're the athlete manager with EvaTac at the moment. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's correct. So I look after all the customer support and all the all our athletes here in EvaTac, um, which is yeah, unreal like, opportunity to be, like for me as well to be able to kind of do that. So it's uh, certainly enjoyable coming to work every single day and just getting to see uh, and connect with all these influencers and just you know like be like it's inspiring as well like connecting with all these guys because it's like it just mm. shows like what the the potential of anyone can be you know like it's, and, and having them come to the office as well for photo shoots yeah. is really cool like these you know pretty big names coming over and just getting to meet them all and, and yeah. doing that sort of thing yeah. who, who are some of those names drew that you could you know rattle off um i think we mentioned tyson pedro is one of them is there any others yeah, that you guys tyson pedro um in the ufc um jackson tipper he's a pretty um pretty decent sized influencer we like to work with as well he's in a lot of our photo shoots uh liam para he's got a big fight up coming up march 31 something somewhere in march he's got a a big fight uh happening over in the states um so yeah these names it's uh it's really good to meet them because we sort of would follow them ourselves and, and sort of and inspired by them and then we sort of start talking to them and then all of a sudden they're in the office playing table tennis with us it's yeah it's unreal we've also worked with names like dylan and brody porson where you know mm. it's a little bit different where it's going down that park like that parkour route mm. and you know you kind of you kind of don't think of it but then all of a sudden you know you meet these guys you know unreal you know the potential is insane where they're climbing three four five meter type stories and stuff like that yeah and then you'll be at the gym the next station and then all of a sudden you see videos of them you know jumping through that like doing this like doing their thing yeah in the gym and you're like wow like 
you don't realize the effect and like the potential that these guys have until you know it's also brought into your world as well it's a different caliber of athlete too hey you know with ever attack it's kind of like you've got your elite performance military um performance kind of flavor mm. on it we don't see you know ufc fighters modeling gym shark and all that kind of thing so i think you guys have got a, a nice little niche um area in the market there which you can yeah probe. absolutely yeah i guess too it's like it's it's it stemmed from like that military thinking and then it's kind of evolved away in a sense away from that military diving into the um you know the specific type of like the training and the like the, mm. the specific type of tactic and um like the combat the you know the, the speciality of it all and that's where we kind of like stuck into because it was like a yeah cool like we're going to stick away a little bit from the military and just show how it's like that because it's all like that one-on-one type of stuff you know like the boxing the combat mm. the parkour the icn it's it's you versus you uh and it's like i was saying before it's like it's continually evolving into that route where it's like like you you're you're training and you're evolving just to beat you and that's i think it's such an important um it's, it's like such an important like important message as well because we're so especially this day and age we get so caught up in what other people think of us that it's like a it's an amazing reminder especially like what we like to portray where it's like it's always you versus you and as long as you stick in your your own lane like your potential is limitless yeah but we couldn't really do the military side of um uh influences in australia either because well we can't sell the knives of the firearm sites and all that sort of stuff so there's no point going down that road yep. uh so that's where the combat sports was a much better match for us but yeah we can't sell the products in australia anyway whereas in america um we could definitely go down that right. that style of customer base you know and that was the one of the transitions you had to make but we, we'll talk about that a bit later um so dill do you want to talk to us more about where you got started so i uh, I'm aware that you started in a bar, like bartending role. Um, yeah. So, a yeah, so like, essentially um, something that I've always kind of always stuck by is like, if you're not happy about something, do something about it, you know, and that's why it's just forced me to do so many careers where it's like, I went from carpentry to doing my cert three in hospitality, and then my cert three in hospitality into doing my uh, certs three and four, um, you know, utilizing that time and then going into uh you know working out like an f45 then going to own a plc um and then going from owning a plc to managing one to then owning my own coaching business um and you know like every single time i did that it was more working out so okay cool what do i like and what do i don't like from this job and what's what's a job where it's not doing the things that i don't like and it's doing the things that i like you know so it's like carpentry it's like i love the hands-on stuff and everything like that but i absolutely hated the driving uh you know the environment i was around was horrible so i was like all right cool um you know i want to obviously help um you know i want to help evolve my you know, communication skills you know hospitality and everything like that so i was like all right well makes sense um hospitality was like that's how i got into that um and i loved it like to the point where it taught me how to talk to people we're taught like every single job that i've had has taught me a skill as well to where i am um and, you know, like hospitality taught me all, like how to communicate with people and make sure like how to how to help people, um, you know, and ensure that they have a really good time, which helps me with the, you know, got me to the customer support side of things. Um, and, you know, like then I evolved from that, from the communication into the gym and fitness, you know, could, like that's where my 
growth within my personal like my personal growth started you know like going to the health and fitness working on my body working on my mind working on my spiritual health um that's where that all started to like the boom up and then i just kept evolving from there it's like you know like cool what have i what am i not enjoying what do i like doing and then evolve it like even further into that as well so to the point where you know there was a section of time where i was helping people like find their purpose find their mission unlock their values, like understand the difference between masculine and feminine energy, like energies. Um, and that was all well and good, you know, like, and then from there, I just, I, I still evolve. It's like, I love being around that team environment. How can I bring all my skills that I have now into a team environment? And yeah, that's how I've, you know, come into the space of a customer support and influencer manager. And so Dill, you were, you were working, um, you were owning a F45 studio in- uh, Owning a PLC. PLC, okay. And that was in South Australia, yeah, correct? correct? And so from South Australia, um, and that business didn't quite work out, you moved up to Brisbane, is that correct? Yeah, and then- Yeah, so like the, 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 the business uh, kept going. I sold my shares and I moved out of it. Um, you know, like when, you, when you've got two business owners like with two different type of directional mindsets of wanting to kind of go different ways, um, that's where the business clash, you've got to make sure that, you know, you've got, you're on the same line for that business and making sure that um, you're both going towards the same goal and making sure you want to, you know, collaborate on that type of road. But I was happy to go and be like, nah, like I'm, I'm happy to step out. Like I've fulfilled this section uh, and I made, like made peace with that. Um, and that's where I was like, okay, cool. Um, what's next? And then I had an opportunity to kind of just manage a gym up here in Queensland and I was like yeah cool no, no worries I'll be there in 20 days so just packed up my stuff and within 20 days I just decided to move to Queensland and um, even that alone had <laughs> so many little challenges like I think it was like six days out but the place where I was originally going to live pulled out of me so I was trying to find a place to live within six days and um, yeah good old flatmates helped me out there. So how, how long ago was that? deal when you uh, moved up. so it was 2019 it was just before covid kind of kicked off yep. um yeah so i experienced about eight months here in brizzy before covid and so evertac kind of kicked off in 2016 is that correct when you first started yeah, selling in, your products yeah, in, in the america. states yeah in america it did so i wasn't in australia at all i just had a the reason why i started in america to begin with um through all my ebook sales and i guess other online ventures up to that point my customer base or my email lists were basically 99% from America. So it just made sense um, to start shipping out to those customers. That was just the easiest customers to sell to. So I um, got a warehouse uh, through a 3PL that was in, in uh, Denver. Uh, that's where all the products are stored. So I shipped it all over to there uh, and then basically started, started, I guess the first promos were emailing this existing customer base uh, that I'd already collected. And so w when you're in the States there, can you tell us a little bit more about, because you initially started, so while Dill was over here in Australia doing his thing, you had started the brand, building the brand in the States. Um, what kind of products? So we're talking knives, uh, firearms, backpacks. What kind of equipment were you, were you selling at that time? Uh, in the States, around that time, so I was doing red dot sites, uh, which is, I don't know if you're, Call of Duty, probably inspired, where it's like the little screen and you got like the red dot. Yeah. Um, and laser sights. So we still sell these products now. Um, and like firearm gun rests, 
gun rests and that sort of thing yep. for rangers, uh, gun bags and all that sort of stuff. So it was definitely more the sort of products that are not essentially legal in in Australia. Um, so that was in 2016. And so when you came over to Australia, that was... I was no, I, I was always in Australia. Right. Um, yeah, I was always in Australia. So I lived in Australia the whole time. But the reason why I just started shipping from America or selling to America is... In order is to sell those products. Yeah, so I was basically doing a lot of Skype calls and that sort of thing with the warehousing in America and just, just try to set all of that up, which right. is super scary because... I guess up until 2020, so I already had a whole lot of stock there, probably 2019, um, already had a whole lot of stock there. I hadn't seen one bit of it. I hadn't seen any of the stock. I mean, they'd send me some photos every now and then of my pallets and stuff. But up to that point, I'd shipped over quite a lot of value uh, to the States and not seen any of it at all. Hmm. Mm. And so when you when you transferred your Shopify store, um, you ran into some quite major hurdles with, I guess, the gun laws in Australia and how different they are to, to the states. Um, can you provide our listeners with a bit of an idea in, in how difficult that was and some of the hurdles you, you started to come up against? Yes. Yeah, so, so what happened was I've got my Facebook account completely banned. In fact, a couple of mine and one of my employees as well <laughs> It's got banned because after mine was gone, we tried his and then same same thing happened. Um, so we connected our Shopify. Shopify store had all these illegal products. No, it's illegal over there, by the way, but illegal. Illegal in Australia. To Facebook, I, I suppose. Um, so we, we connected the Shopify store to Facebook and everything was imported over to Facebook. So all these products were imported over to Facebook. Um, and then in an instant, Basically, Facebook just banned the account, shut it down due to advertising these uh, illegal products um, or restricted product is probably a better word. Um, and then we didn't know it was going to pull it over. So we tried again with um, my employee's account um, and it automatically pulled it over again. We didn't know. It, it, it was just an error. It wasn't meant to happen. We didn't want to even advertise these products through Facebook. But just because they were listed on the store, it just pulled all that information across uh, so basically, I've got multiple Facebook accounts. I don't even know my login details. I've got to ask somebody for that just because I've got so many accounts that we've used to try to bypass this issue. Um, and then now that's over. Now my, my phone number's banned, my email, my computer itself. I can't create a new Facebook account, a Facebook advertising account through my computer because they just know it's me and it just gets banned instantly every time. Um, so that was a, a massive hurdle um right there dealing with with the facebook compliance issues it's something not, not many you know for those listeners who are living here in australia it's something mm. they've likely never heard of anything like this so you know mm. for someone like like yourself how how did you overcome those issues well, essentially, there uh, what helped us out get back on facebook is an ad agency so we run our ads through an agency account um and essentially everything's smooth sailing now uh, but it just it does cost us uh, an additional four percent on our ad spend to be able to use agency accounts to run our ads. Um, and obviously, we don't we've removed all the knives and all those sort of products off our store, so it's completely compliant with Facebook. Uh, but that's the only way we've been able to run these accounts. And so you said you're doing a lot of SEO, uh, but also email marketing as well. So 
yeah. you know, mailing lists and so forth. Is is that what you're utilizing at the moment? Uh, at the moment. So in America, we are using Facebook ads now through the agency account. Yep. And basically that collects emails and that sort of thing uh, that we then promote to. But our biggest um, success, I suppose, was a couple of years ago running YouTube ads. Uh, so we were running YouTube ads really quite successfully. We were spending about 20,000 US dollars a day on ads, about, which is about 30K with the current um, conversion. Um, and we're bringing in about 110,000 a day in revenue. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we're going crazy with these YouTube ads and doing really well. And I wanted to scale up even more. I wanted to get some really, really huge numbers. Uh, so I brought a purchase um, from the supplier, a million dollars worth of backpacks and another million dollars worth of knives, uh, US dollars. So it's about 2.8 Australian total. Um, Cause I just really wanted to scale this up to really big numbers. Um, and then just before the products were in America ready to sell, uh, Apple did an update, which is the iOS 14 update. Uh, and that required users of Facebook and YouTube and all these sort of things to share their data back to Google and Facebook. Um, and a lot of people didn't share that data, which means our tracking just dropped and our ads basically died overnight. Um, and that, it sort of left me with uh, almost $3 million worth of stock that was just sitting there and I had literally no avenue to sell them uh, because at that point we didn't have these Facebook accounts we could run ads through. So we were literally, I had all this stock there and it was costing me between twelve and 13000 US dollars a month to even store the stuff there. So month after month, I'd have to make 13000 US dollars in profit just to just to run even and and then that just went straight over to the shipping company the 3pl uh that we used in denver uh, so that was a really hard time for a couple of years actually uh, and we're just slowly getting our grasp on that now we've still got some stock there but we've we're seeing the light at the end of the tunnel basically uh which is very 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 awesome and i guess not only you know during that phase covid you know 20 march 2020 kind of around that period yeah. The world was a different place too. So I can imagine it would have been a, a real challenging time for you boys there. Yeah, I um I did pretty decent during that time period. Um, I got into selling masks uh to America like pretty early on. And you copped a bit uh, of slack for that, hey. You got a bit what's that? You copped a bit of slack for that as well. I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did get some some nasty messages from people saying I was profiting from a pandemic and all this sort of thing. Um so I was really happy to see a couple of months later that you could buy them at Dick Smith and Bunnings and, and, and all these other online retailers were selling these masks. Um, and I was just like, that sort of, it actually took a load off my shoulders that competition started selling these masks. Um, so yeah, that was, that was a really interesting time. I was really flat out. I was really quite stressed actually. I was working nonstop. I was probably getting about four hours sleep a night for about a month uh, just because the sales were just extremely hectic. So at the time, we had um, four customer support agents in the Philippines, and we had to scale up to 17 people uh, in about a week or two weeks' time. Um, so, so I was like, it was hectic um, with the customer support as well. Uh, trying to, you know, people saying, hey, what's my tracking number and all these sorts of things. It was just, yeah, really full on. And I guess that, that kind of leads into to Dill too and his role, I guess, you know, outreach and, and um, 
grasping new influencers or people that are going to represent the brand. We spoke a little bit about, um, you know, Tyson Pedro and some of the athletes that you've had on. Um, but as the, as you started to rebuild and find your feet again, as we were talking about with Drew, you know, you're starting to come out of that um, period where quite a challenging time. How hard has it been now, I guess, moving on to a different challenge in terms of managing your athletes and, and growing the brand and, and having your trust in representatives? Yeah, well, like stemming off of that social media issue, you know, like Instagram and Facebook was just such a, they're like obviously they're the same business, you know. So it's like when at that like at, like we it was just so wary when we we're creating an Instagram page. It was like, is this going to get banned or not? Like you know, to the point where it was like I had to start the Instagram page on my phone. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. So and, you you control all the pages. Yeah, yeah it's okay. crazy. Like Drew's the owner, and he still hasn't even seen yeah. the messages. All. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't log into it or anything because they'll know. Yeah, they'll yeah. bloody know. They'll track us down, and it's all it's all toast. Like. You will never hear a CEO say, like, <laughs> never been able to access his Instagram page. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, a meta, so, that's the metaverse, eh? Everything's connected. They know everything. Yeah. They got all the ads and everything. Yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So, you know, and so it's just trying to get a, this, like, this brand off, uh, off on Instagram, you know, like that was hard enough as yeah, it is. It but then um, going into creating trust with these influencers and creating trust with the people, you know, like we're trying to promote. From, from nothing, hey, from yeah. when we had like very few followers, um, it was much harder yeah. for, for them to trust us. Exactly right, yeah. you know. So we had to go through that stage where it was like, uh, it was almost, in a sense, sales, in a sense. It was like yeah. trying to convince like why we're a legit brand we're not yeah. a we're not a scam yeah um, can you please take these free products yeah to help us grow please. yeah it's like but, help us yeah yeah it. um and you know once we started getting the like you know like we started to onboard some um high-end athletes like your your Tyson pedro your, yeah you know your liam power and everything like that people actually saw okay wow these guys like the people are real so the brand must be real you know so yeah. once they saw all the products and stuff like that on the athletes then all the influencers that I've actually reached out to started to reply. Yeah. Oh my God, so sorry. This is in my this is in my private inbox. I didn't <laughs> see this. You know, yeah. it's like and it was it was it was really cool because it was like they like not only did they see the message and everything like that, but they actually wanted to be a part of the brand. Um and that's when it started to get really exciting, you know. So we started doing we started going into this phase where, you know, like the last Black Friday, it was very um heavily like influencer base where you know we we're giving away a strike bag um and we went ham on the influencer making mm. sure that every single influencer that we had had a strike bag and um you know to the point they were showcasing it and you know the stories and the posts and the content that was coming through was unreal um mm. and that just started to really blow up at, like our social media to the point where um it was like wow like this is this is real content this is fun content this is something where people now want to be a part of like people see our mission they see our purpose of the reason why we're you know driving this brand um and it's so cool to see that people want to be a part of it especially yeah. especially the athletes and once you get like a few of those big names on there it kind of gives you a bit of leverage doesn't it it gives a, the yeah, brand yeah. a bit of legitimacy and helps you i guess then bring in other higher profile athletes or affiliates that you can then use yeah exactly right and it's it's crazy how people will instantly kind of judge a brand by just how many followers or something like that. You know, it's like, if you don't have a hundred K, you must not be a legit brand. It's yeah. like, but like um, we were around for like five years before we had the Instagram account yeah, exactly. just because we couldn't do it. Like when I was by myself and I didn't have any employees, 
I couldn't start an Instagram account. I was I was done, you know. I couldn't start an account to try to build up at all. So Dylan sort of saved the day there by being the the owner, the page owner of these <laughs> accounts. Yeah. yeah. So it's only now that we've kind of been able to really yeah. take off of the socials. Yeah. Mm. I guess one of your pillars though is on your website is the fight forward where you look at aligning um, the world leading athletes with your values of Evertac. So I guess where's where do you draw that line between you know being becoming a sellout where you're just trying to to bring in the most influential people versus you know finding people that align really align with your brand that can represent the brand in a way that you want you want the brand to be represented a bit of both hey I mean we get some of the bigger names for the traffic and that sort of thing obviously and more word of mouth but then we do get some lesser known athletes like Vegas Larfield. He's a young boxer out of all-star boxing. Um, and I think we see a lot of potential with him because um, he's a young guy and he's doing really well. What, do you know what his stats are? Six now? Or? Six, six and oh, yeah. Yeah. He's got a belt too now at the moment. So. Yeah, yeah. So we, we definitely are going to keep sponsoring those smaller, lesser known people. Um, and then one, just because we believe in them, um, like Liam Paro, we, we sponsored him before his last big fight uh, at Southbank, um, and he blitzed that. Uh, so now he's leveled up, and we've we're stuck with him. So in in a way, we're sort of helping each other grow as he works his butt off. Um, that helps us out, and then we sort of tag along and support him. Yeah. So I guess, like, what kind of things have you learned from from all of that? I said, I guess this is more aimed towards you, Dill. Um, yeah. From you know managing managing those. Uh, athletes and and trying to market and grow the brand yeah well the, the funny thing is is you can see um the type of people that you know how they do anything is how they do everything um or who the people who's just a, like a whole heap of of shit and they're just you know they're doing it for the socials and they don't actually mean what they say um and you know the more you do it the more that you can pick up on you know people's like authentic self or yeah are they just are they just being a clown and you know, just trying to do it for just, just the money and everything like that. So, um, you know, like finding, finding a good balance between, you know, like those really good, like the really good athletes too are not putting too much time into social. So it's like, yeah, they may be an excellent athlete. They could be amazing, but at the same time too, we have to also think, mm. all right, cool. How are we also going to benefit this? Cause if they're not mm. doing anything to do with socials, you know, cause they're so, athletic base or you know that they're, they're not putting time into their socials because it's all their time into their training mm. um well it's like how are we going to benefit from that as well because you're not known you know so it's like it's also so we'll we'll help them as well in exactly right yeah exactly we'll right. help them and, and give them what they need to make the posts easier yeah. that sort of thing yeah it's so like that's where that's where it's been enjoyable because it's like we also help educate those yeah. like athletes and influencers because it holds them to a standard of okay cool i need to post for these guys i need to get content and it brings a lot more awareness for them um which you know helps them grow which then you know uh, you know who knows it might even bring in more sponsorships more oh, opportunities yeah. for them in the future too yeah but at, at the time we we get to showcase their athletic potential um through us and that's where it's a it's a win-win um situation yeah, and I think like one of the things we, we've spoken about recently is um, the way you guys have pivoted from more of a – you're still obviously – your tactical brand is Evertac, um, but the products that you might be selling are slightly different and you've kind of had to uh, manoeuvre towards more of that 
athleisure, athleisure kind of fitness um, apparel. What what kind of uh, I guess hurdles have you found in terms of having to to navigate the business in that respect? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, basically, just having the leftover stock in America and not being able to sell out here that's definitely a, a hurdle. It just means um, I, I guess all the stocks there, and we we can't move. We have to just keep pushing over there while we're still. I guess it's a little bit of split focus. We still have to push over there, have a brain on America because that stock's still there and it's still costing me money to keep it there. But then over here, we got to completely change the website, the design, the uh, the story, but even the, the product descriptions on the website uh, to suit a different audience. Um, so we've done more of the, the clothing, uh, fitness, and that sort of thing. And the, the back, backpacks and duffel bags and that sort of stuff as well, definitely that goes in both markets. So when I order them, it just sort of splits between the two countries. You say it's kind um, of like two different business businesses almost, like you're running two, one in America that, you know, firearms and knives and then come over yeah, here, it's more of your... It, it does make... That is actually a fairly big challenge, to be honest. Hey? It's like it's like trying to run a cruise, like a cruise liner and a dinghy at the same yeah. time, <laughs> you know, yeah. and trying to evolve... Trying to grow the dinghy into yeah. another cruise liner, exactly, yeah. yeah. You know, and then it's like you also got the additional cost of getting all this, like if we've got additional stock over the US, like bringing it all here, it's just all added costs as well. Yeah, yes. So, so we've had to do that a few times, bring over, because if, if sales go strong here, I mean, Black Friday last year, the sales were stronger than we anticipated. We sold out of a lot of our stuff in day one and we we're like, oh my God, we got to bring some stuff over from America. So we had to air freight all these backpacks and all these other products over from the States. Uh, so basically, it's just like an, another additional shipping cost that, we didn't really account for uh, the margin basically just went way down for Australian sales, but we just wanted to keep the sales coming in basically. And Dill, you were talking a bit about awareness. So I'm like on the topic of awareness, you guys aren't just, you know, a business, you're also finding ways to give back. Um, and so another one of those pillars that you guys have in your, your business is the repayment of debt. So in every purchase of a Hyperflex t-shirt, on your website goes you donate towards the wounded heroes charity and can you tell us a little bit more about the wounded heroes charity and your partnership with them yeah so essentially it's like it's it's aligning a little bit more with like um like uh like with the the military side of things like that as well where it's mm. like we just try and give back to them like who like those who served you know like especially things like um uh was that Ape, like there's a another company called Apod as well. It's like Australia. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Completely Apod. forgot the name. Apod. <laughs> you should you should not. But um, but yeah, it's, it's like, but it's just giving back to those who serve, you know. And it's like not every day that someone's going to make it social that the to the point where you know they made an impact. And um, we just want to make sure that we recognize the ones that have made an impact and not talking about it, you know. So um it's just bringing awareness to the point where it's like especially like like australia like australia and everything like that like anzac and everything like that like we wouldn't be who we are today if it wasn't for like the soldiers and stuff like that back in the day so it's it's a way of giving back and it also helps our brand um to kind of show that you know we care now would i be correct in saying that um the Wounded Heroes charity is only in its early days. I think it's a national community organisation supporting Australian, in particular, servicemen and women. Yeah. Um, but we've got some th statistics here that that say that around 141 
veterans have been assisted through the organisation. 216 crisis calls have been made. Uh, around $23,000 worth of meals have been provided. Uh, almost $40,000 worth of accommodation. Um, almost $16,000 worth of utilities and medications and also around um, $2.8,000 worth of fuel. So definitely some some positive impacts coming out of that, no doubt. Can you tell us maybe a little bit more about um, on the side of that, you know, where those funds are going um, and where the organisation's at in terms of its development? Well, they're, they're actually a separate like they're they're separate so it's we're not actually a part of that we just donate the shirts and they kind of they they kind of deal with all that themselves so i'll I'll be honest i won't know too much about that yep but Mm. we do know like you know like make like if we're putting clothes on you know it goes directly to them yeah yeah. exactly right like we we know that the clothes are going to you know the veterans and everything like that you know they've sent they've sent a few photos through and it's like it's it's so epic to see that you know like we're not just giving money. We're actually giving things that they can actually use and mm. um, utilize to the point where, you know, it's, it's an additional cost where they don't have to think about. Yeah. It's a fa- fantastic cause and it aligns well with your business model, doesn't it? The tactical yeah, military. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really so nice. A little fit. bit of that military uh, tactical sort of side of things that's come over from the original attack in America that sort of followed it over here. So we've tried to, tried our best to tie in the, the two styles yeah. of the brand into the one uh, in Australia. Since we can't do those sorts of products, we've sort of gone down that sort of thing as well with the, the combat sports and then the wounded heroes. Tried to kind of pivot as much as yeah. you can of much of that uh, military side of things with obviously without, you know, the firearms and exactly right. yeah, yeah. knives and things. All right. Well, We've actually got, you guys have got a new elite duffel bag launch campaign coming up. So um, luckily enough, I actually picked up my bags today. So we got the the black and the um, the beige. So we can do a little bit of a impromptu unboxing. Yeah, the people who are listening on Spotify or Apple podcast obviously won't see this. But if you jump onto the Normless podcast YouTube, you can see the episode clips. So there'll be a, an unboxing uh clip there so you can have a look at some of the bags or you can jump on the evatac uh, website which we'll put in the the show notes as well um but yeah what can you tell us about those bags guys i'll grab one now and we can have a look at it yeah, but... it, it took a long time it took a long time i've got one here as well just to go through some of the features yeah well you want to you want to get yours uh mate and yeah. then we can, we can have a yeah, look at so it. basically like i took the original bag uh which is basically a black bag and I added all these little features on it. So the original one um, of the sample that we saw just had plastic clips. So we've upgraded all of them to metal clips, uh, clips and buckles. Uh, the zippers themselves, they're um, much thicker YKK zippers um, and, and the zipper pullers as well. They're customized as well. Um, I've added other little things as well. So we got the little uh, authentic little patch on the inside. Um, the original sample bag that I received didn't have a pocket on the inside. So there's a pocket on the inside of this as well. That's lined with felt. Um, and then you can get all these other little attachments as well. Like I've got the drink bottle holder on this one here and it just sort of fits in like that. So you can fit on, uh, Molly pouches into these onto the webbing on the sides as well. Um, and then of course on the side here, we've got the shoe pocket as well. So there's lots of little add-ons. Um, and each little part of this bag, I actually had to speak to this factory over here that does the zippers. 
had to speak to a factory over in, in this province that um, does the feet on the bottom of the bag. Um, all these little parts, these here from, from a different factory, the, the patches here, that's from another factory. And I had to basically organize all these little parts to come together um, and then ship them over to the one factory where they basically put it all together into the bag. So all of our bags are completely original. You'd never find them anywhere else. Even the patterns, this one here, this is my favorite. This is the Venom red color. Um, all these patterns are all custom as well. So you literally, you actually can't buy these products anywhere else. They're all 100% custom made through us. All inspired by like, we also looked at um, like the athletes, you know, too. Yeah. It's like what, what, like, how can we make a bag that's, you know, is suitable and can keep up with the athletic potential? And yeah. that's how all the little add-ons, the one athlete might say, oh, it'd be cool if you added this and this and this. And then the colors as well. We got the, the inspiration of all the colors from the athletes. I mean, we would ask them different ideas and they came back with a, a yeah, basically build this product. One of my favorites is those shoe compartments. are really good, you know, if you're, particularly if you've got some like Olympic lifting shoes and you're changing footwear in the gym, it's really handy. Yeah, um, sure. And the other thing there, do, do you guys sell the additional attachments on your on your website as well yeah. to add on? Yep. yep, yep, that's all there. All right, and then I guess one of the other things that you guys do you have any? Uh, I guess in that campaign, is there any sales or anything? You know, if they if anyone purchases the elite duffel, do they get any special incentives? Yeah, so um, we recently decided that the sale, the launch sale, is going to be if you buy an elite duffel bag you'll get 40% off store-wide. So literally everything on the store is 40% off and you get free express shipping. So that's the sale that we're going to be running with uh, on launch day. Um, and we're hoping, we, we, we've been building up uh, the sales for a few weeks now, uh, building up the, I guess, the hype around the product. So I'm hoping for a really good launch on these. Yeah, and so I guess that'll be really exciting. Can What date will that launch? March 3. Okay, so March 3, so everyone... I'm hoping we're going to sell out by midday. So. Yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed. Make sure everyone everyone listening and put that in their diaries, March 3, the launch right, of the yeah. Elite Duffel Bag. Um, where else can our listeners find you guys on social media? Yeah, so uh, evertech.co is the, is the Instagram. So um, that'll be, like, that's definitely the main page as well, but we also got the Facebook as well. If you just look at, uh, type in evertech au um you certainly find us there as well yeah awesome awesome having you on today guys i guess to wrap things up maybe what kind of advice or key tips would you give for the listeners in terms of making sure that they're they're flexible and can pivot with ch overcoming challenges and any obstacles in their way to to growing and um yeah, building sure. their business I would say you definitely have to be fluid. I, th I think starting a business where you can be fluid and not glued into, not completely locked into a certain market, because if that drops, you can't make a plan B on the fly. Whereas when um, our YouTube, when, when iOS 14 came out and everything just dropped, it did take a while, but we were able to, able to pivot to different advertising channels within, this, within the same niche. Um, and, and the products didn't go to waste. Whereas if somebody, somebody was selling industrial lighting, then all of a sudden um, there was another competitor came out and they all, you know, a bigger competitor came out and you just could not compete with them. It makes it a lot harder because you've, you've got the products here. You can't then go and ask other minds to purchase your products. Um, so I would say get into a niche where you can pivot easily. That's sort of my advice for long-term 
uh, success because you're going to have to pivot many, many times. It's not just going to, your first try is definitely not going to be the one. And if it is, I don't know. <laughs> Always going to be a rocky road. Yeah. 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 And, and deal. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Mine's probably, mine would be alongside of the mindset side of things where, um, you know, the ability, how you can control your own internal stress will be the, like, you know, the ability, how you can control external stress that, that'll come at you, you know? So, um, you know, stress never gets easier. Just you become better on how you handle it. And, um, you know, if you're, if you're not putting the time and energy into bettering yourself, well then, you know, your business will only meet the the levels of you, like of you. So, um, always find ways to continue to put yourself into that stress because at the end of the day, like stress creates diamonds. So, um, you know, you just got to keep, keep, yeah, thriving and keep putting yourself into uncomfortable situations. Mm. Awesome boys. Um, any podcasts, any tools, any habits or anything that you're currently looking at or have adopted that can, that can maybe potentially help others? I, I don't actually, I don't, I don't really do too much of that sort of thing. I think I've got my head down in my own business too much, but I think that's probably a, a mistake of mine. I probably should uh, be doing a lot more of the self-training uh, or, or training where I sort of take advice from other people and purchasing courses and all that sort of thing. Uh, on that note, actually, I do have a launch page where I'm uh, helping people start their own e-com uh, success as well. So I created the main name. It's all set up. Um, that's launching uh, in a couple of months. So that's ecomcourse.co. Um, so I've set that up. If you are interested in uh, online businesses and that sort of thing, yeah, check that out. Awesome. Just a little shout out for myself there. Yeah, no, and we'll, we'll plug all that in the show notes too, all your socials yeah. and websites and so, things. That's awesome, Drew. And Dill, mate, anything you're... Yeah, um, like I think work out where... Uh, work out where you want to improve uh, and then find the mentors that you want to inspire to be like and listen to them and do what they do um, because success leaves clues. And if you're, if you, if you're passionate about saying, can, you know, you really want to kind of thrive in that area, you'll find a way to make sure it works. And, you know, if you, if you find, if you find yourself that you're not liking it or whatever, uh, it's a clear sign that, uh, you know, you're probably not interested in it. So work out what you, what you love, what you do, if it's fitness, if it's, you know, if it's mindset, if it's spiritual, if it's psychology, whatever it may be. Um, yeah. And it's only a Google away or a, a YouTube or a recommendation away mm. for sure. Awesome. So if you're, if you're passionate, you'll find a way. Great way to uh, end the, end the podcast guys. I think that's a good uh, motto to live by. And you guys have set, certainly done that, gone through some massive hurdles and overcome those. And now you, now you, you are where you are. And it's awesome to be a part of this brand, Evertac, and looking yep. forward to the upcoming uh, launch of the Elite Duffel. So thanks for coming on, guys. Appreciate you being a part of it too. Yeah, exactly right. You're aligned well. Legends. All right. Well, we'll be back soon with uh, next episode of the Normless Podcast. We have Gus Walland on from the triple uh triple m grill team so that'll be a really interesting episode so for all the listeners out there stay tuned for that um but we say thank you again for your time today boys um it's been really great to chat with you guys appreciate it thanks mate